think about yourself, okay? It seems a little random, you know, what value do I get out of thinking of other people and myself? Well, we all work in, a, in an environment where we deal with collaboration and uh, working together in, in coaching practices and things um, of that nature. The fact that we work together in teams is one of the great advantages that human beings have um, and the specific ways, the complex ways that we work together in teams uh, is, is a huge advantage in our ability to survive and thrive as a species. And so it seems that evolution may have made this bet that this, not math, not geography, not other stuff, this is what your brain should do when it's got downtime. So that means it's probably a pretty important thing. So, you know, at the beginning I showed you uh, the title that David gave me, and I guess I can already answer this question. Yes, the brain is a social answer, uh, is a social animal. Um, but, okay, so we know the brain is a social animal. Why do we need to look to the brain to understand our sociality any further? I mean, I could just ask you about your sociality, right? I don't need to actually go look at your brain to find out about it. Okay, But it turns out that there's real benefits to going and looking at your brain if I want to understand your sociality. Okay? One of the benefits okay, is that you can get a room full of people to listen to you talk about what we know from psychology if we show you pictures of the brain. Maybe not Homer Simpson's brain, but Time Magazine, they love these. They love it when we show them something that psychologists have known for 30 years, and then we say, oh, and by the way, now we have a picture of the brain doing that thing. The truth is, the psychological finding is the real important science in that case, but this is the carrot that gets people to come along and pay attention. And we know from a lot of the talks here that getting people to pay attention is a big part of the game. So, you know, I'm not ashamed of that part of, of what we do. But there's another thing that we get out of going to the brain. This is the part that I really like. And the part that we get is that we can ask questions that don't make any sense whatsoever. Why would you want to do that? Well, I'll give you an example. How is a broken heart like a broken leg? Okay, what a weird question, right? And, you know, you might be able to write a poem about that, right, and, and think about that in some rhetorical fashion, but for science, that doesn't even seem like a question that you can ask. How would you put those two things together in an experiment? And don't worry, we don't break anyone's legs. Um, that we're not in that particular business. Um, but it turns out that if you're doing neuroimaging, if you're doing neuroscience, this is the kind of question that you can ask, and it has a very uh, real answer. Uh, you can look at how various kinds of processes that at a linguistic level are hard to talk about in the same sentence, and you can see to what extent the brain seems to respond to those different kinds of experiences in similar ways or different ways. Okay? Now that's never the whole story in and of itself, but it can be a really interesting clue so that we can even begin to start to have a discussion about something um, of this nature.